Rabbi, it worked. Peter could tell from the tone in his brother's voice that his team had had just as much success as him and Matthew. They had just arrived at the meeting location with the other pairs of disciples. Jesus had sent them out two by two to heal the sick, cast out demons, and preach, and it had worked. Jesus smiled at Andrew and Thaddeus, the last team to return, as they took their place around the table, barely able to breathe from their excitement. Not one of them had slowed down all day, even to eat. Jesus, to their surprise, wasn't celebrating like they were. Contentment shone on his face, but not excitement. He simply nodded and looked out across the sea. Peter always hated those moments, always felt like it was his responsibility to speak up and fill the silence. But just as he cleared his voice to speak, Jesus interrupted. Let's go, he said nodding to the water with a smile. Let's get away for a bit, by ourselves, to a quiet place to get some rest. The team's groan was audible. Just as they were gaining traction, just as they were figuring it out, Jesus wanted to call it quits. It didn't make any sense. It never made any sense. But as if to say this wasn't a question, Jesus got up and headed for the boat that Peter realized Jesus had been preparing for them while they had been out doing their ministry. Welcome to Season 6 of Stories in Scripture, a podcast dedicated to telling the big story of the Bible one piece at a time. In this season, we are walking through Mark's Gospel. Our hope is that these short episodes would lead you into more, into a time of reading, reflection, prayer, whatever it is for you. The goal is that you let the amazing story about the Savior of the world transform the way you live out your life today. There they are. The voice came from the shore just as the team was making their way out to sea. It wasn't threatening or vicious, more just excited. Peter looked back and saw three young men mark their trajectory and take off at a sprint. He looked at Jesus to see if he wanted him to change course, but no answer came. And so by the time they got to shore, there wasn't just a few people, there were thousands of people. 8,000 maybe 10,000 Peter thought to himself this is outrageous it's getting out of hand but Jesus was staring at the crowd his eyes full of compassion sheep need a shepherd he nearly whispered almost as if he was talking to himself he got up out of the boat and the people parted for him like Moses parting the Red Sea Peter stayed just to his right eyes scanning always scanning like the trained fisherman that he was They ascended to the top of the hill nearby, the best option given the circumstances, and Jesus began to teach. Peter sat down and listened, wondering where all these new teachings always came from. On and on they went, story after story, point after point, no one so much as budged for two hours. It was late in the day by the time Jesus took a break and finally sat down, tired from his teaching. The crowd was beginning to grow tired as well, and hungry. Rabbi, this is a remote place, Philip said, and it's already late. Send the people away so that they can go to the surrounding countryside and villages and buy themselves something to eat. You give them something to eat, Jesus responded without even looking up. Peter watched Philip shift nervously. 
I, uh, well, yeah, I, I guess I could. That would just take more than half a year's wages. Are we to go and spend that much on bread and give it to them to eat? How many loaves do you have? Jesus asked. Five. Two fish, Philip offered. Then Jesus directed them to organize the crowd into groups of fifties and hundreds. The disciples got to work, feeling confused and a bit foolish. When they got back, Jesus took the five loaves and the two fish, and looking up to heaven, he gave thanks and broke the loaves. Then he gave them to his disciples to distribute to the people. He also divided the two fish among them all. Every time he reached back into the basket, there was more fish and more bread, to the point where the entire crowd ate and was satisfied. They couldn't even finish all the food. The disciples picked up 12 basketfuls of broken pieces of bread and fish. Go get the boat ready, Jesus said to Peter as he got back to their home base, baskets of leftovers in hand. Take the team to Bethsaida on the other side of the lake. I'll dismiss the crowd. Peter didn't like the plan. For starters, because he didn't want to leave Jesus alone with the crowd, no matter how thankful, happy, and well-fed they may currently be. But also because that meant Jesus wasn't coming with them on the boat. It seemed backwards, upside down to Peter. But he didn't bother to argue. Instead, he grabbed the team and they set sail, hoping to make a little bit of progress before they lost the evening light. That's not what happened. The wind had turned against them almost immediately. Andrew and John glanced over at Peter with a deep sigh. Oars. They'd be straining to make progress all night with the oars. The effort didn't feel worth it to Peter, but he had his marching orders. Jesus wouldn't have sent them to Bethsaida if he didn't have a good reason. His job, he was learning, was to question less and trust more. Still, by the fourth watch of the night, by the time the sun was about to rise in the eastern sky, they still hadn't made it. Even with all 12 of them taking turns with the oars, the wind was proving to be a worthy opponent. Peter saw it first, the figure, like a light moving across the water. He rubbed his eyes, certain exhaustion was setting in, that he was seeing things, and yet the light got closer and closer. He glanced over to his brother Andrew and could tell he'd spotted it too. Not an animal, something different. A ghost? It can't be. By the time Peter could gather his thoughts, the entire boat was aware of the oncoming threat. Terror ripped through them, each, no doubt, recounting their own stories and superstitions they'd grown up hearing about the water. Take courage, the spirit said, his voice firm and familiar. It is me. Don't be afraid. Peter's mind was working on overload. Is this a trick? Is that Jesus? How is he? What is? Before Peter could finish his next thought, Jesus casually strolled up to the boat and got in. As soon as he did, the wind died down. Okay, so in this passage, we have two heavy hitting stories back to back. The disciples had to be beside themselves by this point. The next verse says they were completely amazed, for they had not understood about the loaves, their hearts were hardened. You watch Jesus effortlessly multiply food, 
feeding thousands with a few loaves and a couple fish. And then you exude all of your strength and energy to fight against the wind all night. And Jesus effortlessly walks up to your boat on the water. And as he does, the wind dies down. What in the world is going on here? Well, there are lots of answers to that question, but here's one that stuck out to me as I read this story today. Jesus accomplished so much more in such a short amount of time with significantly less effort than anyone else around him. Have you ever had one of those work days or school days where you know you have a lot to get done, but you don't even really know where to start? So you spend the entire day working really hard without much direction, only to get to the end of the day and realize you haven't really made a whole lot of progress at all. You put in all the effort, but didn't make any of the progress. Compare that to a day where you first sit down and collect your thoughts. You say a prayer and get some direction on where you need to go and what you need to accomplish. And then you start checking things off your list one at a time. By the end of the day, you get a ton done, but it almost feels effortless. Those are two very different days. One is fun and rewarding. The other just feels like work. When you read these two stories back to back, you get the sense that everything the disciples were trying to do required a ton of effort, while everything Jesus did was fairly effortless. I wonder if Mark is trying to tell us something here that the way forward has little to do with effort and a lot more to do with surrender. That there is an option to be led by the Spirit, to walk in step with the Spirit, and to bear the fruit of the Spirit without all the striving. Doesn't it feel like Jesus is trying to teach his disciples, and in turn us, that there is another way to accomplish the mission God has placed on our heart? Yes, it will still require effort, of course, but when we learn to trust and listen, it can feel less like fighting against the wind all night and more like walking on water. Thank you for listening to this episode of Stories in Scripture. We hope Season 6 is bringing Mark's Gospel to life for you, and that this episode helped you see the bigger picture Mark is painting for us. If you are enjoying this podcast, we'd love for you to share it with your friends, and rating and reviewing goes a long way as well. We love getting to tell these stories and appreciate you coming along for the ride. So we'll see you next time for our next story.